Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. Welcome back to the show, and I am really excited to have Karen O'Connor on the show today, and she is the host of the Menopause, Marriage, and Motherhood podcast and blog, and I am just really, really looking forward to hearing Karen share more with us about herself, her story, her podcast, and just to... um hear her share her message. So if you did not mind, Karen, I would love to turn it over to you and see if you minded introducing yourself and just sharing more about your story with us. Oh, thanks so much, Christy. I really look, I love coming to talk to people. So I'm, I'm wondering where to start. I'll start with my story. About six years ago, I've got four children and the kids started leaving home and I suddenly found myself Well, I didn't realise that I was perimenopausal. I didn't understand that that was all going on, but also looking down the barrel of empty nest and really not knowing what to do with that whole thing. What am I supposed to do with my life now? Because my life to that point for 20 years had been about bringing up the kids. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what do I do? I don't know. Um, And so I started blogging. Actually, one of my sons, bought me a book called Blogging for Dummies for Mother's Day because he said he couldn't find a book called <laughs> Blogging for Middle-Aged Women. <laughs> so, Close so, enough. <laughs> Close enough, I'll do it. Start this, Mum. So I started blogging and I started sharing. And what I realised, particularly in the last 12 months, so I started my podcast just over 12 months ago, and it was for two reasons. The first one is that I realised that all of my friends had an amazing story to share. They'd all had something massive happen in their lives, whether that was positive or negative or just big, and they'd overcome it. And I found those stories completely inspiring, but they're not told to anybody. So I wanted to share people's stories because it's so great to hear, like talking to you, you got five boys. I just want to dig into your life and go, how do you cope? What do you do when this happens? It's Because it's so different. And that to me is as much, if not more inspirational than hearing about somebody who's the world's number one at whatever, or the world's best paid actress, you know, because I can relate to it a bit more. It's those little steps. It's great to hear about those stories of the, you know, the number one, whatever, but it's also more relatable if I can hear about, I hate to use the word ordinary. I haven't thought of a better one yet, but you know, my friends and the people that I know. And the second thing that And this came out of um, me going through that period. I realized I knew absolutely nothing about what to expect in menopause. 
I went to the doctor and said, you know, I really don't feel well. I've got these weird rashes. I'm not sleeping. My hormones are all over the place. I'm, I'm okay one minute and then the next minute I'm like that person, like Carrie, going mental in the disco, you know. There's, and there's no in between. And she said, oh, yeah. And it was a woman. She said, oh, yeah, you're probably perimenopausal. Here's some antidepressants and some sleep tablets. You'll be okay in a few years. And there's so many women I've spoken to that who's had the same experience. And I was just, I really struggled because I didn't know what to expect. And I found out since, because I had the most amazing people on my podcast to talk about menopause and going through midlife, um, that there's 30 odd known symptoms of menopause and they've all got sub-symptoms. And if my, so the, the main purpose of what I do now, apart from sharing stories, is to get this information out there that what happens in menopause is normal. There's nothing wrong. Um, it's going to be different. It's kind of like going through your teenage years, but with a lot more experience. So you can be a lot more dangerous because, you know, you've got all that experience of how to use and abuse your powers. But it's a friend of mine said, and I wish I'd known this. She was way more switched on than me. She said when she realised she was going through perimenopause, she sat her family down at the table and she said, right, there are going to be some days where I am going to make no sense at all and you must not take anything on board. So if I come out of my room in the morning or I come in from work and say, I am not fit for human consumption, just leave me alone. Take nothing on board. It's not me talking. It's the hormones. That just that one thing would make such a difference and then there's the community side of things because we've all we're all living separate lives and particularly in lockdown for the you know the world that's in lockdown we're isolated so we've got no older women to talk to and those older aunts and grandmothers and mothers going, well, you know, this is what happened to me. Um, this is what happened to your Auntie Linda. None of those things. We don't know. And so it's about sharing the wisdom down through the generations again, um, teaching our daughters, teaching our sons and our husbands and partners. If they don't know what to expect, how do they know what to deal with? So those are the three things. That's a bit of my story. And those are the three outcomes of the of the podcast and blog really oh that's incredible I have so many questions but um <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah I know I love to always make notes because otherwise I'll forget I'll be like oh there's something I wanted to touch on that she said something first so I'm always like end up with scribbles of notes everywhere I think that it's so uh, you know I agree so much with you that um I think of my own experience like um watching like my grandma go through menopause and now my, you know, mom going through it. And it's just kind of like, you know, they, they talk about how horrible it is, you know, the hot flashes and up and down and the mood swings. And, you know, the solution, like you said, was uh, being tossed some antidepressants and saying, you just got to ride it out for a few years. And sometimes we're so just accepting of like, it makes me sad for the people that are so accepting of that, I guess, is what it is. Instead of, you know, there's those of us who are a little more like not accepting of it who are going to stand up and say, well, why is it like, why does it have to be this way? Like, why can't I find a different way? So I love that you're doing that. Um, I would really love 
two things that come out of that. Mm -hmm. One of them is that, and I do tapping fingers when I want to remember thing. I tap one finger, then I tap the next. So when I'm talking to people. So the first thing is that um, we have to change our, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not expectation. We, we've got to change what menopause is. Our society, because everything is based around, for women, young, fertile women, and so the basic thing in society is that when you go through menopause, you've reached the end of your useful life. That's really harsh. But if you look at it, that's the way it's seen. A woman is just, once she's gone through menopause, just go over there, sit in the corner, and, you know, be around if you need to look after your grandkids. But there's basically nothing for you to do. It's very difficult to get back into the workforce. If you look at um, what's available in, uh, you know, on television and movies, there's very, very few older women. And if there are older women, they all had so much work done, they'd look about 30. Um, but it, it's viewed as an ending as opposed to being viewed as a beginning. So in traditional a lot of American Indian, North American Indian cultures in the Pacific Islander cultures, menopause is viewed as the beginning of the woman's useful contribution to society. Because before then, the woman's energy, physically and mentally, emotionally, goes into bearing and raising children. Once she hits menopause and she's no longer bleeding, so and they view that as her energy going out into the child, into the children, then her energy and wisdom can be used for the community as a whole. And that's when she becomes really useful. She's a wise woman and she can make a much bigger difference to everybody, not just her own family and children. So it's actually viewed as being it's a massive step as big as puberty it's the next step upwards it's a step upwards and onwards it's not the end and that is one thing that we really need to change our mindset about because there's so much fear going into menopause oh my god i'm not and i experienced it that's why i'm saying it um there's so much fear about oh my god what am i gonna do my whole body's gonna fall apart my boobs are gonna hit my knees soon you know all of that things and there, there are a lot of negatives, but we don't look at the positives and we're all about positive mindset. And yet we're not applying it to this experience that's going to impact 50% of the population. We don't. There is no positive uh, mindset around menopause and or very little. That's not true saying there's no, but there's very little and that needs to change. The other really interesting thing and this is going back to the medical side of things is that um, in excess of 90 percent of medical tests are carried out on male subjects because if you think of the rats the rabbits the mice they keep the females for breeding so they test on the males and it's the same even when they get to the human testing they don't want to mess about because women are of child rearing age or whatever it's the men so, and the only reason it's in the low 90% now is because it was at about 99 point something percent 10 years ago. And the American, the FDA or whatever, I can't remember what it is because I'm in Australia, but the FDA or somebody brought in a ruling to say, well, this doesn't work because female of any um, uh, breed, what well, I can't think of the right word, menopause brain, females of, of any kind of animal have different hormones. And so 
the medication is going to impact them in different ways. So you have to start testing on female subjects. So we actually don't know what the impact of the antidepressants of the sleeping tablets. We don't know why the hormones do what they do. We've got no idea because the tests haven't been carried out. There is a massive um, standing against testing on female subjects. Wow. That's incredible. All these things that I never knew, but you know, I'm sure that no. there's so many of us that we just don't know because it's not, it's not on our radar, you know? Wow. No, no, it's not. That's incredible. I know, right? I know I'm like, <laughs> give me a moment processing. <laughs> oh, I can wow. give you the name of a great book called yes. Pain and Prejudice. Um, I'll send you the, I'll send you the link to it. It's called Pain and Prejudice. I can't remember who it's by. And she, uh, she's a journalist in Australia and she did a deep delve into all of this stuff. And it's just shocking the lack of uh, testing and information that there is about purely about women is unbelievable. It's absolutely they, unbelievable. Yeah. And these drugs that they're giving to women. <laughs> and they don't it's actually so, really understand yeah, what it does. It's so like, I run it. It's so backwards. Yeah. I would love to come back and kind of touch on perimenopause because I feel like, um, you know, that's usually kind of that stage right before menopause. And I feel like I'm probably going to be coming up into that soon. I'm like in my late thirties. So you might kind of just um, touching a little bit more on kind of what perimenopause was and like how it showed up for you. Sure. So let me just say, I'm not a medical expert or anything. This is yeah. my experience and yes. what I've learned over the last few years. So perimenopause is the point in time where you haven't had a period for, I think it's either 12 months or two years, something like that. So menopause is actually a specific point in time. Perimenopause is the period leading up to that, where your hormones start changing. And it can be up to 10 years long. Um, it's wow. not, a sh I know, sorry. It's not a <laughs> short thing. It really is like your body slowly stops producing the hormones that are required to reproduce and other hormones interact. Um, and then the, although you may have stopped bleeding, it doesn't mean that your hormones have now sorted themselves out. It kind of carries on. So hot flushes is the most commonly known side effects, but it doesn't just, I hate to tell you this, doesn't just happen during perimenopause. Um, a friend of mine is an osteopath in the UK. She actually went through menopause, stress-related menopause when she was 34. So she was actually so stressed that she brought on early menopause. Um, and I was talking to somebody the other day, she's just had her tubes tied and one of the side effects of that is that it can send you into menopause. She's 32 and she said, I've got all of the symptoms. So it can impact you like that, but the hormones don't necessarily sort themselves out. So my osteopath friend in the UK, she treats a lady who's in her early 80s and she's been having hot flushes for 30 years. <laughs> she just deals with them. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you just... Um, it, it's like any, it's like having a sneezing fit. You know, some people just have sneezing fits every now and then. Just 
you know, that's just what happens. Just your hormones doing whatever. Um, for me, the the hot flush is is like a um, an adrenaline rush. You know, when something happens, like somebody breaks quickly in front of you and you have to hit the brakes and then you get that adrenaline rush. And for me, it's like tingles, tingles. And then it, that's the warning for me. It's like, all right, throw the bedclothes off quickly. <laughs> Fortunately for me, they happened at night. So I was just like bedclothes off, bedclothes on, bedclothes off, bedclothes on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... Uh- I like that you bring up that it's, um, you know, kind of a time period. So, you know, perimenopause, you have that one to two years and then you enter into um, kind of menopause. No, I know. Men- perimenopause can go for up to 10 years. Okay. <laughs> and that, so perimenopause is the period leading up to menopause. And it's usually, I mean, I've got a friend who had zero symptoms. She just stopped bleeding. That was it. I want to be that friend. I want to be that person. That's so not fair. Calling that in. And then menopause is literally an instant in time, and then you're postmenopausal. So, but menopause is just used to talk about the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. Wow. I also thought it was interesting that you said that there's over like 30 plus signs and symptoms of menopause with (laughs) sub symptoms. I'm just like, that's. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, it could be anything. (laughs) It could be anything. It's like, for me, I got rashes on my body. And at first, because they tended to be around like under my boobs and under my arms. And I thought, is it the, is it the detergent that I'm using? Have I suddenly become allergic to the detergent? And I was scratching in my sleep. So I had to start wearing gloves because if you scratch the thing too much, your skin actually hardens. Um, then I found out it was menopause. Another friend of mine, she got rashes, but in her head. So she was convinced for about a year that she had head lice. And so she was going through with the knit comb and the knit stuff and the kids, she had her kids looking through her hair. No, it was just menopause. (laughs) Oh, and another one I found out the other day, I didn't realize this. I was walking through the house and we live on a couple of acres, right? So we got no neighbors close by. Nobody in my family smokes and I could smell cigarette smoke. So I'm having a panic attack. I'm going around and I'm like, who's smoking? There's nobody here. And I can smell cigarette smoke I'm outside the house. I got all the windows open. Apparently that's a menopause thing. You can, you get cigarette smoke smells. What? When they're not there. I know. How bizarre. It's so cool. What our bodies can do is so right? cool. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I love that you give it, like you said, you give it this twist of having just a positive mindset around it. Because when we talk about it, it's almost like automatically talking about it negative. It's almost like I can't keep myself from going, you know, negative about it because that's just how it's always portrayed. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. terrible thing, you know, you're going to feel awful. You're going to be up. You're going to be down. I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. So I love that you're shifting. I love that you're shifting that that perspective, though. It needs so. to change. It really does need to change because it can be a massive positive in our lives. We've got rid of all the, for me, you know, I'm at the tail end of my of the hormone I say I'm at the tail end of my hormone and you don't have to live with me some days but anyway we kind of going through it and 
there's um my experience of life is completely different when I was bringing up the kids do you know what it's like you've got kids and and I can only relate to it because I've got kids I can't relate to not having kids you got kids and your whole life is about making sure those children are okay are they okay where are they going it's running around it's making sure they're fed making sure they're well cared for teaching them morals and things and repeating yourself a hundred times a day it's all that and then once you once those hormones start going away you don't feel the need to do that so I'm going through a, a thing with my daughter so my eldest daughter's 21 I've got two sons and two daughters and she's really upset with me at the moment because I said to her the other week she said oh blah 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 I said sweetie it's your life you're 21 you live in a different city my I have my opinion but I'm not going to tell you what to do anymore. You're a grown up now. She's had a meltdown. But it's like, I really feel like that. It's like, I've done my job. Job's over now. I'll be there if you need me, you know, if you need a sounding board. But I'm not emotionally invested in what you do. Like I have been up to that point. And the two uh... boys are like pretty cruisy about it. But my eldest daughter's gone in to have abandoned her. Oh my gosh, that really actually feeling abandoned. <laughs> like that sounds wonderful. I need some of that not so much emotional investment. Now and you're that selling. Is, yeah, that is one of the side effects. It becomes not in a selfish way, but it's like uh, it's like being back in my early 20s before I had kids again, where I could do what I, where I can do what I want to do. And I'm a lot freer and I can say, do you know what? I want to go up to Port Douglas on top of top of Queensland on holiday this week and I can do that I don't have to organize everybody and make sure they're okay and you know I don't have to do any of that anymore and it is so nice that is one of the big benefits the emotional investment you choose where it goes rather than have it be dictated by your hormones does that make Uh. sense that makes total sense. I was just chuckling over here because you're saying, yeah, it's it's a whole ordeal to go anywhere. So it's like half the time it's like, oh, we'll just stay home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um I love, but I see it almost as a necessary thing too, because um, you know, we want them to go out and start their own journeys. We can't um keep ourselves emotionally invested and tied in you know as much as we do you know when they're little and as they're growing and it's all about you know the baby birds leaving the nest that's just the the visual that I have so it's almost necessary yes in order for us to be able to reclaim ourselves and I I love what you um said is the beginning of Ms. the beginning of menopause, why can't I speak? Menopause is, you know, where the woman's energy and wisdom is, you know, then called out and she can contribute. I just love that idea. We become less emotionally attached to anything. So we can say something, let's take, for instance, my dad, he's a very strong-willed person and so am I, and I like to be right. And you know, if he says something, I'll immediately tell him another way that's better, or I would do until about two, three years ago. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever, we'll just do what he wants to do. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> just not invested in being right or um, 
taking care of everybody or making sure everything's working. It's just not, I'm over here and I'm doing my thing. I'll join in if I want to. And if I don't, I won't. And it's this really, you lose that attachment. It's really very nice. <laughs> it's really freeing. All right. I love that. So I would love to know more um, kind of about your podcast, a little bit more about that, your podcast or where we can find it. So my podcast is on all the platforms. So I think it's available on 18 different platforms. So it's on Spotify and iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, iHeartRadio, all of them. Got it out on everything. And it's also the video recordings of the podcast are also available on YouTube. The, I started off sort of doing a few where I talk myself, but I'm not comfortable doing that. I like having conversations with people. So it's more conversations with the purpose being to share stories and share information and create community. I have a Facebook group called Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood as well. And my website is middleagedwomenstuff.com. So because <laughs> that was what I was going to call the podcast first off. And then I thought, no, I like the M's. I'll do Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. So I, I changed it to that because there's so much we, we need a community around ourselves. That's the whole thing. We need a community. We need to be sharing and just supporting and laughing together. And that's a missing for a lot of us, particularly in the last 12 months with everything that's gone on. Um, it's just a there's a huge gap there. And so it's just about coming together, sharing funny stuff um, and not, not just supporting each other and building each other up. Yeah. So yeah, I talked to lots of people. I love that. And community is so important. So I love that you have that space too, but you know, people could come to. So we have the blog that we could come visit. We have um, your podcast that we could come check you out on. So everything will be linked up in show notes. So you will be able to scroll straight down and connect with Karen and go and see what she is doing. Now, do you have any um, kind of programs or any um ways that you're working with women besides your group I don't there's just the Facebook group um I'm not a coach I just share in the Facebook group and share in the podcast and basically I have the best job because I just put a call out for people I had a friend a few weeks ago who's been over the past five years she's been very outspoken about her abusive ex-husband and she just put up a post to say she's getting back with him and they're getting married again. So I put a call out for, okay, I need to talk to somebody about abusive relationships. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm talking to three people about why women go back to abusive relationships and creating new relationships in midlife. Because once your kids start leaving home, that's something else. It's just you and your husband then. You know, how do you recreate things? And that's when marriages tend to fall apart. So it, there's lots of information. I had a young woman. There's a couple of charities that I support as well. One is called Destiny Rescue. And they go in um, undercover and rescue children from the sex industry in Asia. And listening to those stories is just phenomenal. Um, and I, he's coming back on the podcast. I do regular updates with him. Uh, the, the charity representative and it's just it's Tid how I can't hold it together half the time when I'm talking to him it's just uh, awful and then I, I interviewed this totally out of my target market you know I'm middle-aged women's stuff 
And I was talking to this young woman. She went over to Tanzania when she was 17 and set up a charity to educate children before she was 20. Wow. Like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, your parents must be so proud. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) No judgment at all, right? incredible. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm very, very lucky in what I do. And and it's, it's, it's about sharing a wide range of stuff, you know, focuses on midlife, but let's let's get out there and share stuff so yeah, I have the best time. I absolutely love it. I feel the same way about my podcast. And like I just love to meet new people and hear their stories. Like it's for me. I'll be honest. Half of it's selfish. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, when you were saying that you don't you have a, a conversation, there's like the start and the beginning and the rest of it. That's me. I just interview people so I can ask them questions. Yeah. I'm like, I know what I want to know. I know. Like, that's great. But tell me more about what you did here. Yeah, I ask some random questions sometimes. And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> wait. So. But I, I think you've, you've asked great questions well, today because you. you covered all the all the topics of, of what you wanted to. Thank you. Thank um, you. Talk about, I reckon. What do you think? Is there anything else? I think so. That's what I was going to say. Do you kind of have anything that you wanted to add or share like a message? I feel like we've gotten some really great information. And like I said, I love that you're putting this positive mindset around it and um, just kind of joy and laughter and just bringing fun to it because it's part of life. Like, are we going to? It's part of life and it's it's the part of life where you can have a lot of fun if you go into it. You know, you're older, you're more experienced and you've got no obligations and responsibilities anymore. Why do we look on it with dread? Seriously, we should be dancing in the streets. Let's get a grip. <laughs> right. I can't wait. <laughs> and we don't have to go out and buy all those sanitary products every month because as we get older, it gets heavier and heavier. As you know, you've had five kids. It's awful some months. Could not wait for it to stop. So I was just like, yes. Yes. I know. Yeah, my big thing is about a week before I'll start just like just being really want to cry over everything. My husband will be like, What what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to cry. Like I'll just wake up in the morning and cry. And I'm like, I don't know. It's that week before, you know, my period. And he's like, yep, right on target. (laughs) Yeah, everything. Like there's a sock. Yeah, I'm like, I lost a sock in the dryer. He's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it's it's bad. But um, so. But it's it's something, I was really shocked. just going on from what you're saying there a few months ago that neither of my own daughters understood well they went to an Anglican school a a very expensive Anglican school and their sex education consisted of you know this is what happens when you're pregnant but as far as sex goes wait till you're married excuse me and so fortunately you know everything's available on the internet and all the the other kids are fairly open about these things but they didn't know anything at all about menopause my husband didn't know what to expect um and it's about making sure I want to make sure my sons know what to expect when their partners go through menopause there's nothing wrong with them there's nothing wrong with the relationship 
and even the children. If I'd known to be able to say to my kids, you know, mum's just having one of those days and I need to go for a drive because can't go with life right now. Yeah. At least they would have understood and not be left standing there going, what the heck's going on? So it's a conversation that needs to be spoken at in the open like puberty it's as natural as puberty and there's nothing wrong we don't get upset because the child's gone from being a child to being a teenager to being a fully grown woman that's celebrated this side needs to be celebrated too Mm, you bring up so many excellent points around that so um I was just thinking, like you said, that, you know, we we celebrate puberty and, and growing up and we give a lot of acceptance and compassion around that. But yeah, not so much around menopause. It's not, you know, really talked about. And so I'm just really thankful that we could have you on the show and have you share more about this and um, just educate us. It's been a wonderful conversation. I like I said, I love your energy. I love the way that you you share this. And um, it's just been wonderful to connect with you and have you on the show. So thank you. Thank you so much again for being here with us for this episode, Karen. Been amazing. Thank you. And yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.